Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast, a program all about transforming minds and developing leaders. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the emerging leader in you. Now, here is your leadership mentor and coach, and the host of the Strategic Leader Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 199. Oh, my gosh. Next week's 200. It's going to be awesome. We're gathering great leaders just like you from all over the globe, focusing on becoming all that God has created us to be. Today, we're continuing our series of interviews with some other great, incredible leaders. I'm very excited to introduce you again today to my great friend, John C. Morgan, a.k.a. W. We're going to be talking about the war on fear. It's going to be an epic episode. Welcome. Great to have you with us on the program today. I cannot believe that it's 199. Man, it seems like yesterday we started this program, and we're so grateful to have you with us along this road, this journey. It's just getting better every day, and we're honored to serve you through this podcast. You know, here in the U.S. of A., it's election season. We're just a couple of weeks away from a presidential election. And we have a very special episode today because it's episode number 199. Just so many cool little convergence things taking place here. I thought it would be awesome to bring on a great leader, a remarkable person, a person who has great character, integrity, loves God, loves people, has an incredible story, and of late has been developing a new project called The War on Fear. It is a delight to bring back on this program for the second time in three years, my dear friend, John Morgan. John is America's number one George W. Bush impersonator. He's appeared on The View, Good Morning America, The Today Show, Entertainment Television, The Hannity Show, Fox News, CNN. He's finished in the top four on the ABC reality show, Next Best Thing. He's a multi-award-winning impersonator in the Hall of Fame of Celebrity Lookalikes. But more importantly, he's a passionate, very passionate communicator who authentically, yes, I said authentically, shares how he escaped the prison of fear to launch his dreams of becoming a highly rated speaker, comedian, and inspirational coach. John has made millions of dollars as a comedian speaker, impersonator, but his passion more than anything else is to help you overcome your fears so you can live the life of your dreams. Let's go right now to this great conversation with Mr. President John C. Morgan. John Morgan, it is awesome to have you on the Strategic Leader Podcast today, my friend. It's great to be here. Wait, I'm sorry. That was W. W, it's great to have you on the program today. Well, it was kind of a half dub. There's full dub. (laughs) Half dub, huh? 
Well, yeah, you should, that would that would be a U. <laughs> you, you should trademark that one right there, brother. Yeah, half of W is a single U. Well, I said in our opening that John is the number one most sought after George W. Bush impersonator, and he is ridiculously good at it. And if you go to the show notes, even right now, you'll see that John looks just like George W., especially when he's made up like him. But the point is, is that this guy is an all-around incredible guy, so talented, so well-versed in his craft. But but there's so much more to you, John, and I want to dive into that today. Man, how are you doing? What's happening in your world right now? Well, I'm so excited, Brian, who I like to call my homie. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like I said to you before, when we were talking on the phone, I'd rather be homie than homely. So anyway, uh, Absolutely. I am so excited, brother, that I've had the uh, audacity to be bold. I've had the courage to create, and I've had the passion to overcome uh, the prison of fear that I used to live in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just for our audience, you need to know that John and I go back a little ways. We met about three or four years ago, and we have we became fast friends. And I'll tell you how fast we became friends, like instantaneously connected at the heart. And we have shared some really awesome moments together. And so you'll hear in our conversation today some familiarity, but I want to introduce you and, and let our audience know who you are at a deep level. You have an incredible story, John. You just walked through some really difficult challenges in your early life. And as you said a moment ago, you've overcome those. What you're referring to, though, in this, this fear thing is an even more recent development in the last several years God's helped you to really blow through some barriers in your own life. But give us a background on you. Tell us a little bit about John growing up and some of the things that that developed as you were coming up. Well, bro, I was I was emotionally, physically, uh, and even to a degree sexually abused as a as a kid, as a grammar school kid. Wow. And uh I I, I got I came from a happy-go-lucky, every-day-is-sunny kind of a world to a dark, who's-going-to-reject-me-next type of an experience where I was really afraid to offer any sort of opinion, uh, afraid to reach out, afraid to encourage anyone. Um, Whereas I used to love everybody, I came to where I couldn't feel love. I wasn't aware that love even existed. Uh, My world became dark, depressed, and uh, I knew how to party. I knew how to have a good time, but the good time was always empty. And at the end of the night, I felt very alone. Wow. And so as you grew up in that environment with those circumstances, with those internal dialogues going on, how did you cope? What was the mechanism that kept you going? I used the world's uh, salves on my wounds, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, uh, they worked remarkably well, but uh, little by little, I felt in my private moments as though I were going insane. And uh, I had a low when I did consider suicide briefly, never tried it, uh, but actually it was finding salvation through Christ that brought me back from the dead, really brought me to life really in the first place. What was it about your state of mind, state of being during that time that caused you to be paralyzed as it related to making a significant change in your life? 
I didn't like the feeling of rejection. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I wasn't willing, Brian, to take a risk that I was convinced that I, see, I had certain paradigms running through my mind that if I did this, that bad thing would happen. And if I did this other thing, that bad thing, and it was all negative. It was, uh, there were very few things I knew I could do and do well and not be rejected. And I, and I stayed very tightly within those, that framework. So I was really a prisoner of these fears. And, um, and you know, to, uh, to describe it, when I was really young, I was adventurous, I was happy, I was crazy. Um, and, I, and I came to the place where I, I was so afraid of change that I worked basically in my mom and dad's business my entire life. Grew up, we lived, in, we had a business in the front, I lived in the back. Uh, our, our home was in the back. And uh, for most of my life, I, I just worked right there. I, I just didn't want to take risks. Um, briefly, uh, after I became a Christian, I started writing songs and tried to make a stab at a music ministry, uh, but pretty much got shot down quickly and gave it up. And so uh, I remember when I put my guitar in the closet for the last time, I, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, John, don't forget, I used Moses after 40 years on the backside of the desert. <laughs> well, you know, when you're 20, who wants to hear about something about when you're 60? <laughs> wow, absolutely, right? right? But it was but it was a gentle, loving reminder that I'm not done yet, is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, yes. And uh, I, you know, I thought God would, uh, you know, let me back out of my cage after a short while. And uh, I used to beg God uh, to be done with working on my character and working on my heart. And, um, you know, it just, you can't, you can't build character overnight. <laughs> yeah. It takes time. No doubt so, about it. Yeah. So, you know, 25 years passed, 20 plus years, I'm not sure the exact number. And lo and behold, George W. Bush decides to run for president of the United States. And people start tapping me on the shoulder, telling me how much I look like him. Uh, and, and then someone actually suggested after he became president that I actually become a George Bush impersonator. Well, all my paradigms of fear jumped right in front of me and said, there is no way you're going to take that risk. There's no way you're going to do that. And so I, I lovingly but firmly shot that person down and said, there ain't no way, no how. Um, but then uh, a God spoke to my heart and said, well, how do you know I'm not in it? Now, during all of those years, I did discover one thing. God's always right. And if I find myself arguing with God, guess who's wrong? <laughs> so I, I did believe that if he wanted me to become a George Bush impersonator, that it would be a good thing, even though I couldn't fathom how it's possibly uh, true. And, and so uh, I felt as a result of that insight that I needed to pray about it. And then after praying and seeking God and even fasting, um, I came to believe that God, in fact, did want me to become a George Bush impersonator. So with my hand firmly in his and trusting him, I launched into a career as a George Bush impersonator and would have never believed it, but I've made millions of dollars as a result of taking that leap of faith 
and allowing myself to be stretched and pulled and, and changed. And, and it's so fun because back in, when I was in my 20s, I wanted to be a Christian rock star. And, and now as a, who would have believed it, George Bush impersonator, I've been out on a Christian rock and roll tour. I've toured with Promise Keepers. I've been in churches of all sizes. I've spoken in China, Germany, Japan, Holland, you know, all over the world and in most states. I've been on stages of all sizes. But the best part about it all is that I've had the privilege of influence. That's incredible. You know, I just want to insert this right here for everyone who's listening. John's giving us a very high-level view of his story. I happen to know more of the deep uh, details on some of this. And I'm going to tell you something. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, no matter how difficult life has maybe been for you up to this point, I want you to hear in this conversation today that there is something unique about you that if you will allow can really be developed, can be released. God can heal certain areas in your heart, and you can really become someone who has great influence. You just heard John talking about all the places he's traveled, all the people he knows and has met. Uh, I'm just saying, never underestimate the value of you. There's something unique and beautiful about you and how God created you that can, in fact, really come about. And I want you to believe that as we continue this conversation. John, now at some point after eight years, George W. Uh, retired from the presidency. As as happens in our country after eight years, one steps down, another one steps up. So what? how did that impact your, your mindset and your thinking process and ultimately your career? Well, that's a great question. Um, God restored me to that place of being an optimist of being very happy-go-lucky, the cup is half full. So I just assumed that when we got a new president, whoever that would be, that uh, I would still be able to continue to do what I do, that um, I would still continue to make a difference in the lives of people. But when we got a new president, my phone flat out quit ringing. I mean, who's, who's thinking about a George Bush impersonator when he's no longer president? And... I, you know, Brian, I, I, I was uh, confounded. I didn't know what to do. I hadn't built um, a marketing plan. I, I, uh, I mean, while he was president, my phone just flat kept ringing and I was busy every week for all of those years traveling everywhere. And it just flat stopped. I mean, if you recall in 2008, we also had an economic downturn that was very severe. Yes. The Great Recession. And... Uh, I mean, I became a depressed couch potato all over again. I, I became totally paralyzed by fear, fear of the future, fear of disappointing my wife, fear of failure. And I, I just didn't know what to do. Uh, and bills started mounting up and I really did not have a clue what to do to change it. And um, except to pray, I did pray. I got a, a phone call from... Mart Green's secretary of Mardell Christian Bookstores, and uh, they asked me to come and speak to their managers group. And it, to me, it was like, wait, I, I, I barely even have a job right now. Okay, I'm really struggling to pay my bills. And you want me to come and motivate a group of managers of full <laughs> entire working stores? You know, I felt like, but it was a paycheck. So I said, I'll be there. <laughs> um, 
while I was preparing for that appearance, I came across a clip from the movie Facing the Giants, mm. uh, one of the Kendrick Brothers Christian films. And in this clip, there is a young man who has no faith for the future, for the, for the Friday night's football game. And uh, the, the coach in the movie has him do this impossible uh, death crawl and he's able to go way farther than he ever dreamed he could. And suddenly he's revitalized with a sense of inspiration and they, they go on to win, you know, and the movie's awesome. So the clip, uh, it, it was a distraction. I, I didn't mean to look at it. I saw it and, and I moved on, you know, it was like squirrel. What is that? You know, when I got to Tulsa to do the uh, appearance, I wound up the next day on Sunday at a church at Billy Joe Doherty's church, Victory Bible Center. Yep. And um, he gave a, a sermon called Never Give Up. And it was phenomenal. I mean, I felt listening to the sermon that he was talking directly to me, like we were having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And toward the end of that sermon, up on the video screen, he says, I want to show you guys something. That exact same clip from the movie Facing the Giants. Now, this film was already years old. And what are the odds other than the providence of God? And I knew that he was telling me, I can't give up. I can't quit. So that gave me the, the wherewithal to say, okay, I've got to move. You cannot steer a ship that is docked at the harbor. You can't steer a car that's parked in the driveway. You've got to be moving in order to find direction. So I began to pray and say, okay, God, I'm just going to start working and you show me what to do. And he gave me a strategy to begin calling, to begin reaching out to CEOs and uh, former clients that were having um, seminars and business meetings and conventions. And, and I was able to continue my full-time career. Only now I was promoting myself. Oh, say, okay. So, so that was great. That's what happened in 2009. A few years after that, I found myself in a praise and worship service at church where at the church where I've been a member for 35 years, where my wife and I go routinely and have a great time worshiping God and hearing the word. And one day when I was in the middle of the worship service, I had this moment of inspiration where I was suddenly aware of how much unbelief had cost me in my life. Unbelief, where I, I get an inspiration to do something, to trust God, to make a move, um, to reach out to a stranger. And instead of just moving on it, I go down this little street called doubt. I go down this little detour called what if. And I let this procrastination take over. I let these fears jump in. And it made me mad. In the middle of that worship service, I got angry. And so right out loud in the middle of church, I said, not too loud to cause a ruckus or anything, I declare war on unbelief. And you know, Brian, when I said that, it was like the atmosphere changed. It was like God put me on a war footing and I began to look for and root out unbelief in my life. And then about three months later, I was home alone and all of a sudden, I had another flash of inspiration, and I became aware of how much fear has cost me. 
in my life. How much fear has short-circuited blessings that God wanted to send me by causing me to refuse to act on the inspiration or direction that I was presented with at the moment. You get an idea, but you fail to act on it because of fear. I would get a nudge to reach out to a neighbor or a friend or someone in a grocery store line. And instantly, there's that little detour called, yeah, but what if I do that and this bad thing happens? Yeah, but what if I do that and they reject me? You know, And fears had short-circuited so much potential, had stolen from me and was stealing to, at that very time, at that very moment. And so out loud, I said it in my house a lot louder this time because I was alone. I declare war on fear. And I began to look and to see areas where fear owned me, where I was still a prisoner. And I began to do battle. And you know what? I liked it because I began to realize fear stops people from achieving and arriving at and walking into the destiny for which they were created. And I began to realize I wasn't, I wasn't made to cower in the corner. I wasn't created to blend in. I was created to imitate Jesus, as it says in Ephesians chapter five. I was created to make a difference in the lives of others, to love others like he loves. And I began to look around. I began to see my friends also prisoners of varying types of fear. And I thought, I, you know, I got to help these guys. As I'm being helped, I want to help others. So I began to write and I began to share and I began to talk and I began to move the needle in my own life and, and in the lives of several friends of mine. And Brian, I am so excited to tell your listeners that I am about to launch a new program called War on Fear. And it is a book, audiobook, and it's going to emerge into a podcast, a blog. And I am so excited that on November 1st, this book will launch in just a few days from now, and people will be able to access all of the tools and strategies that I've learned over the last three years being at war with fear. You know, I found out, Brian, there's fun fighting. Oh, that, yeah. That I used to think war was no good, that uh, it was unhappy. But, you know, I think I know how, how Patton felt. <laughs> <laughs> You can have fun beating uh, God's enemies at his own game Yep. so people can be set free. You, you've identified something here that quite honestly, John, and I know you know this, but I want to just emphasize it. Fear and unbelief, those two things go hand in hand. Uh, there's never one without the other, and they both have tremendous impetus to to paralyze us from reaching our potential. And you mentioned earlier in the conversation about fear of ridicule, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of exposure, fear of shame, and on and on and on, the, the list. And fear is always rooted in a misplaced belief or a limiting belief of some kind. So those two are not synonymous, but they go side by side, hand in hand. What were some of the limiting beliefs that as you began to war fear and come at this thing and and you were determined to overcome those fears, what were some of the things that you discovered that you had to work on inside of you? Well, one of them, uh, as I've already mentioned, huge was the fear of rejection. And what, the, you know how um, 
we all have an internal dialogue. You know, fear presents itself, Brian, like it's your friend. Right. Like it's protecting you. you. Like it's yeah, like it's your 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 counselor. He sits on your shoulders to protect you from the big bad dangers of launching, of risking. You know, um, there have been moments in my life when I've had the opportunity to risk in my for me greatly and stand on huge huge stages. And in those moments, believe me, fear would be there to tell me I was going to fail, and. You know, it, it's it's a counselor of cowardice that is designed to stop you in your tracks. And in the book, I chronicle uh, moments when I was about to step on stage in front of 10,000 people and completely forgot my name. I mean, I forgot. I almost went stupefied. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> my, my, uh, my friend who was with me at the time said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, because, because see, I had been learning that I can trust my heavenly father in moments of crisis. So even though my mind was mush, my faith was intact because I had experience after experience after experience of testing and proving God's faithfulness. And so I told him, I said, I may not even know how to spell the number one right now. But I know one thing, I'm going to pray, I'm going to ask God for help, and then I'm going to step onto that stage. And I know that he's going to meet my need. And that's exactly what he did. I stepped onto that stage in front of 10,000 people who thought they were getting a surprise visit from George W. Bush and rocked the house. That's that's how it works. Yeah, fear of rejection, um, fear of failure. You know, the, the very fact that you and I are talking are a testimony to me overcoming a very long-standing fear of failure, the fear of not following through, the fear of not doing a good job and being ridiculed by my peers. Yeah. So as you have walked this out, and I know you've been working on this project for at least three years that I'm aware of. Uh, yeah. What, what, has, what has been the... The pattern, I suppose, of, and I'll use a good church term here, revelation. How how have things come into the light for you? How has this been unfolding uh, as you've committed to, okay, I'm going to help as many people as I can in this war on fear. I'm going to enroll people in this army, and we're going to go after this thing. What, what has been the process of the unfolding of your understanding of this, this whole war on fear thing? Brian, before I answer that question, I want, I want to ask you with me and your listeners to imagine thousands of unleashed warriors for God. Wow. Victorious over fear, obedient, not taking those detours at all, not even going down that road. God speaks, they obey. They get an idea, they get an inspiration, they act on it immediately without even allowing fear to take them down that detoured road. You know, it reminds me of Nehemiah, who uh, in the Bible is uh, a man who was given the task of rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. And his enemies tried so hard to stop him. And the tool that they used was fear. They tried to distract him. They tried to intimidate him. They tried to uh, threaten him, but he remained steadfast. He kept one, one, uh, 
hand uh, holding a sword, another hand holding a trowel, and his heart uh, in touch with his God so that he remained bold and strong and committed to the task. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, you know what? I've forgotten the question. <laughs> no, just what what unfolded in the process for you? And you were talking about Nehemiah. Uh, but how did this unfold for you? As you began engaging personally in your own war on fear, what, I guess the, a better way to ask it is how, how did you begin to engage the, the task or the quest for helping other people? What, how did that come to you, and how did this process kind of unfold? I, w- I was in a church one day, Brian, and uh, at the end of a service uh, where the speaker was a guest, um, the speaker asked if anyone needed prayer, if they would raise their hand. And some folks around the congregation did raise their pray- their hand to to receive prayer. And so the speaker then asked those people that had raised their hand to go ahead and stand. And they obediently stood to their feet. Then the speaker asked if four or five people around each one of these folks that were standing would be kind enough to go over and put an arm around them, put a hand on them or whatever, and join with them for just a moment of prayer to meet their need. Brian, no one moved. And I watched a blanket of fear fall over that congregation. And I thought, this is fear winning over love. And um, in, in the moment, I, you know, the, the speaker didn't know what to do. You know, after several requests and no one moved, I jumped up and, you know, just kind of uh, broke the tension with some humor and then said, folks, you know, the definition of love, you know, is it requires action. And, and I was able to get folks to respond um, but I realized as I thought about that incident and then thought about how many sermons are given that are never acted on in churches around the world, I realized the reason is that people are paralyzed by fear. And I thought, I am being set free from this stuff. I can't keep it to myself. And, and also I got thinking, if this is a war, you, you can't fight a one-man war. You right, know? right, right, right. It, it, it takes it takes multitudes, and so I, I began to realize this is not something that I'm called to do, just personally. You know, the war on terror is an external physical thing against physical enemies. The war on fear is an internal war against internal enemies and thoughts and paradigms. But it's not meant to be fought by only one person. You know, I can't fight your war and you can't fight mine, but we can help one another to fight this war. And that as we as a, as we as a group do battle against this, the cumulative effect and change and impact that it's going to have on the world in terms of uh, ministries being launched, lives being changed, uh, marriages being restored and healed, uh, relationships being brought back together. Uh, it's just I tell you, the, the the thought brings me to tears. Just, just considering the difference that one person, that you, sir, who's listening to me right now, that you, ma'am, uh, the difference that you can make when fear is out of your way. That's beautiful. All of this has propelled you toward really a new life. Um, there's so many things you're launching. So many things you're engaging in. I'm talking about you, John, and so many new dreams and ideas and focuses. Tell us a little bit about the vision for where you see this headed. 
Well, as I, as I speak, I, I shared with this, I shared this with a friend of mine earlier today. Um, there is a great deal of the emotion of fear. Even as I sit on this launch pad, um, because I am launching into totally new ground for me. Brian, I'm so glad I've got friends like you who have a podcast uh, to walk me through and to help me to um, succeed. But, it, but it is a, it's, a, it's a challenge, just to be honest with you, uh, to relaunch my blog, to launch a podcast for the very first time, and to, uh, con- to uh, launch a uh, Facebook ad. I, you know, I don't even, the, the technical aspect of this stuff is beyond me. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I have friends that are helping me. And that makes me so excited. Uh, whereas in the past, I was too afraid to ask for the help. Now I've asked um, and I'm moving forward. And where I'll wind up going, my, my hope is to speak in churches and for corporations around the world, um, helping both uh, Christians and uh, neutral, if you will, audiences to overcome fear. And um, my, my goal is to impact millions of people. Here's what I know. Our world is in an incredible place right now. And I would say at a crossroads in many ways, our nation is. And you said something a while ago about what would it be like if men and women, leaders, influencers, all over the the globe, somehow were able to break out of the imprisonment called fear and become all they can be and begin to administer their greatness in, in the world. What would the world look like? How much different would things be? And I tell you, it's it's quantum. It's epic. It's it's larger than we can imagine. And I, I just see you at the forefront of that. I see you leading the charge. And I'm so proud to, to know you. I'm proud of the journey that you've been on. I'm proud of the very hard work that you have put in to this point. And I am super proud of where you're headed now. John's new podcast about to be released, or just has been released. Uh, John's new book released next week. Yes, right it, before the election. <laughs> how timely. His, his speaking, all the things that you do, so important. If you, ladies and gentlemen, want to join this army, if you want to say, I'm going to raise my hand now and say, John, I'm in, I, I want you, I'm asking you as my audience to connect with John. You need to be connected to him, hearing his voice, listening to his podcast, reading his blog post, reading his book, for sure. John, how can people make sure that they're engaged with you and sort of along for the ride on this journey you're on? Well, the best place for them to begin would be going to my blog site, johnmorgan.tv. And that'll be the portal for everything else. Awesome. And do you have a, a digest, a weekly email, something that you uh, have people connect with you on, or how does that work for you? Uh, there will be opportunities for that. There, there uh, will be opportunities for a community to share with one another at the end of each podcast, at the end of each blog. Awesome. Um, and uh, as time goes forward, bro, we're going to just see. <laughs> because awesome. like Indiana Jones, 
I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> JohnMorgan.tv. My friend, you are incredible. And it, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, invite your alter ego to the, back to the microphone for a moment. And let's hear a little bit of something from W. Well, you know, everybody wants to know, who am I going to vote for? And, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you because it's it, 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 maybe I haven't decided yet. But when I decide, I'll be the decider. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so you can just know that I'm voting for you. That's awesome. John Morgan, everybody. John, thank you for being with us today, my friend. Love you deeply. Always here for you. I'm in your corner, and I'm cheering you on, brother. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. What an incredible man. I love John Morgan. You got to admit, he is an incredible communicator, so passionate, just awesome. By the way, I want you to go to the show notes for this episode, brianholmes.com forward slash 199, and you got to check out the pictures we have there of John Morgan. In fact, there's one photo there with John Morgan standing alongside of the real President George W. Bush. You're not going to believe how much these guys look alike. It's crazy. But all the show notes you'll find at brianholmes.com forward slash 199. You'll find links to John's website, links to his new book, and all things John Morgan. By the way, the link that he gave us was johnmorgan.tv. So be sure to connect with John on any level. He's trustworthy. He's a great man and has so much to share so that you can join the army of those who are at war with fear. We also want to invite you to subscribe to our weekly email updates at brianholmes.com. That way we can keep in contact with you and let you know all that's happening here on the program. We also would ask that you would share this episode with your friends on social media. Listen, the only way people know that we're here is for you who already know we're here to share that we're here. Does that make sense? <laughs> we want you to let somebody know that what we're doing here at brianholmes.com is a blessing to you. We would so appreciate that. Listen, I want to share with you one last thought about war on fear. The two things that will paralyze you and keep you from becoming all that God's created you to be, fear and unbelief, fear and self-doubt, fear and limiting beliefs. Get John's book. Tap into his programs. Whatever you have to do, to proclaim your own war on fear. I want to encourage you and challenge you to do that. You can overcome the odds. You can become great. You can have strategic influence in this world. I want to see you do just that. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. We trust that this program has added value to your life and to the development of your leadership potential. You can join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com and by sharing this podcast with others who are seeking to take their life and leadership to the next level. May God bless you immensely. And until next time, remember this, you are created to lead.